Welcome to the latest episode of Pinnacles NFL Insights. I'm your host, Eric Heger from Super Sports, alongside PFF data scientist Ben Brown to help guide you through the world of the NFL with week-to-week reflections and projections. Um, ben, week three in the NFL, right? We've we've seen scoring down, we've seen variance. Uh, some people are attributing that to more zone coverage being called. Some people are attributing it to bad quarterback play around the league. Week four of college football was crazy as well, man. Uh, how did how did betting go this week? Uh, and and what are you looking forward to uh, coming week four here? Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying the chaos, right? I would say, you know, specifically with week three NFL season, it was, uh, you know, my most profitable betting week uh, so far this season. Obviously, uh, had a pretty big spot on Jacksonville. Uh, it, I, I, there were probably, a you know, a number of reasons why, uh, you know, the market should be buying into them, not only because Justin Herbert was questionable or, you know, not what he should normally be, but just because they're a pretty good football team, right? And we can probably talk about that a little bit later, but that was a good spot for me. Uh, Denver uh, probably didn't really deserve that one on Sunday Night Football, but they got home as well and I think you know most of the other spots you know were pretty good so this was you know the first week where uh maybe a little bit of a down week in college football but actually uh was carried forward with the NFL whereas you know for the for the first two weeks of the NFL season, uh, it, it was a little bit flipped from my betting perspective. So uh, definitely take the profit. Uh, definitely enjoy, you know, once again, the chaos and everything else. But there has been some, you know, macro league-wide type trends uh, that ha- that have greatly impacted some of these betting markets. I'm, you know, kind of interested in, you know, seeing how that continues to progress uh, as we get closer to the end of the regular season. So we'll see. How was, how was your betting week? How was, you know, I, I know you've been given some winners on FCS and everything else, but we got to know, you know, how... How, how, how have you been for, performing in the NFL and NCA street so far? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, FCS was great. I've been giving out an FCS bet on my, on my uh, Twitter at uh, Eric eager underscore uh, Ben, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Ben Brown. Um, so that was fun. Uh, you know, Oregon state has gone undefeated against the spread and they, they're the kind of team like, look, it's 10 PM Eastern and it's time to, you know, make one last look at the, at the game. So, that was a lot of fun. Um, last week they covered against USC despite throwing four interceptions. Um, you know, this week they get Utah. They're 11 and a half point dogs in the open now, 10 and a half point dogs. So that should be fun. But I, I'm looking forward to this week. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, sort of whether scoring is going to continue to the, you know, stagnate or whether or not we're going to get more scoring. Obviously, Sunday night football may be played in a different arena than we thought. And, I, and we have an early game on Sunday with the Vikings. Uh, and the Saints playing in London. So there's an awful lot to look forward to. Let's look even more forward here to the outright markets, right? Because, you know, we've seen significant movement. The, the Eagles preseason were 24 to 1 to win the NFC now. They're a little bit over 3 to 1 uh, on Pinnacle. The, the Vikings were 20 to 1 to win the NFC. Now they're right around 10 to 1 after a, a win. That maybe they didn't deserve against the Lions, but they got and an easy schedule moving forward. In the AFC, you've seen the Dolphins 19 to 1. Now they're a shot a hair under 10 to 1. And the Jaguars almost 40 to 1 when the season started to win the AFC. Now a little bit over 25 to 1. In fact, Ben, I, I think there's some value still on the Jaguars. Uh, even though you are sort of missing the best of it, there's still probably value uh, on the the cats from uh from Florida here. Right. Definitely. I mean, I you know, kind of like uh, we've all seen so far, I think everyone expected Trevor Lance to maybe step in his rookie season and be the, the consensus top quarterback in that class and kind of carry that forward throughout his entire career. Obviously, he didn't get off to you know a great start in his rookie season, but I still think we're seeing you know quite a bit more flashes in a sophomore campaign. 
Part of that, uh, it has to be related to, you know, the coaching situation that he left last year and is now into this year with Doug Peterson, who has won, you know, a, a Super Bowl with a quarterback that I would say is already worse than what Trevor Lawrence is throw, showing out. So uh, I, I like the Jaguars. I think they were kind of maligned, you know, and and some of this was me as well uh, for some of their free agent signings as well. But uh, it looks like they clearly had, you know, a purpose for bringing in certain players. And even if they did pay, you know, a little bit over market for a guy like Christian Kirk, uh, he was apparently somebody that they identified uh, and thought could make a really big impact offensively. Uh, and they've been right on that through the first three weeks of the season. So I think they deserve a lot of credit. And I think they're also are maybe a little bit undervalued or, you know, not getting enough credit in the betting market right now. Cause I do think that, you know, they are legitimate contenders uh, coming up here in the AFC from my perspective. Yeah. What's really interesting is if you look at, at PFF um, you know, they're uh, basically their rankings for, um, you know, all of the teams in the NFL uh, backslash betting backslash NFL power rankings, the first five teams in the easiest schedule moving forward are, you know, teams like Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, um, the team with the easiest schedule, it t- tied two teams with the easiest schedule left in the AFC are the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. And so, you know, when I look at a team like the Jags and I'm like, well, why, you know, should I be betting on this team? I know that the AFC is tough, but they among AFC teams, they have the easiest schedule moving forward. Right. And so that is a very good play versus like, you know, and I know you and I have liked Cincinnati at times. Cincinnati has the. The, you know, basically the hardest schedule moving forward, followed by Cleveland, who, you know, who I, I still kind of like at 51 to one in the markets. But, you know, it's a different game the Jags are playing. They're playing an easier schedule out there and, and it really could play to their favor, uh, you know, th- this coming, uh, you know, this coming season where, you know, again, you're you're really leaning into, you know, Trevor Lawrence maturing, the stakes being low week to week, Doug Peterson really getting to grow with him, Doug Peterson being the coach that is really actually the one who's kind of woke on fourth down and stuff like that right, versus right. guys like Brandon Staley. Uh, they have the goods, in my opinion. Linebacker Devin Lloyd has been fantastic as a first-round pick out of Utah so far. So a really uh, fun fun one there. Um, you know, we talked about Rashawn Gary, uh, you know, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, you know, prior to the season. And, you know, I don't believe that market is up anymore on Pinnacle, but, you know, we talked about him at, you know, 75 to 1, 50 to 1, closes 20 to 1. He has three sacks in three games. Packers defense has allowed just 40, I believe like 45 points to the first three games, which is a 15 point a game pace that was their pace the last time they won the Super Bowl. So that bet looks pretty good uh, moving forward here. And, you know, one, on the divisional market that I kind of like, you know, it's pinnacle at minus 125. You can see it other places closer to even money. But, you know, PFF makes Kansas City a 56% chance to win the AFC West. I, and I don't know if that's fully capturing all the stuff that's wrong with Denver, all the stuff that's wrong right. with Las Vegas. And, and furthermore, the stuff that, you know, could go wrong for the Chargers. I would even make that number bigger than that. And with a break even of 55.5% on pinnacle and even lower other places, I do think betting on Kansas city after a loss to win their seventh straight AFC West is, 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 you know, pretty advisable here. Right. Definitely. I, I mean, I can agree with you. I think we're already kind of seen some of the the cracks in the armor with, you know, a team specifically like the Los Angeles chargers, which, you know, you had a pretty good, uh, I would say negative narrative for why we they could end up in the situation that they currently are in. Right. I mean, you know, the early season injury to Keenan Allen was uh, not necessarily the final nail in the coffin, but it was, uh, you know, 
a reason why, you know, outside of him, they don't have a ton of guys that can separate. So they are throwing a lot of, you know, contested catches downfield, the players like Mike Williams, the guys like Joshua Palmer. Uh, and then if, you know, Austin Eckler takes a step back, you know, from being as, you know, uh, forcing as many missed tackles as he does underneath uh, in prior seasons, uh, that offense could definitely stay in if not hitting that big play. And I do think that, you know, with the injury situations that, uh, you know, the offensive line, you know, Justin Herbert banged up, Rashawn Slater is going to be out now for the rest of the season. We are seeing, you know, a lot of that negative undertone that no one really wanted to s- discuss in the Los Angeles Chargers already coming to fruition. So the AFC West definitely hasn't been, you know, as good as we expected. I think some of that is injury related. Some of that is the fact that, you know, Denver specifically bringing in a new coach and new offense, you know, new offense, new quarterback, new everything. Uh, that was going to be a pretty big lift for them to actually, you know, be relevant in the AFC this year. And I think that is the reason why, you know, the, the Chiefs are uh, such a great bet, especially on the division right now. So I don't know. I think, you know, the the Bengals, I would say, uh, you know, the, the, the difficult schedule concerns me. I think if you are going to bet them, you don't necessarily want to bet them on like a division market. It would be a spot more on, you know, a long shot bet for them to make the Super Bowl, just given the fact that if they do get into the playoffs, uh, they've definitely shown the capabilities to win uh, even on the road and, you know, some adverse conditions and then actually get to the Super Bowl. They obviously still have playmakers at, you know, the wide receiver position. I do think Joe Burrow can get back to where he was at, you know, in his sophomore season. So that is maybe my bullish case on Cincinnati, but uh I definitely don't want to touch them in any sort of like AFC North or even, you know, AFC conference championship type market that they have on pedicle right now. So, so we'll see any, any sleeper teams or anything that you, any teams that you think are, you know, better than expected from where you were at with them on the preseason so far. I still think you have to look at Detroit, Detroit, you know, open this week, six point favorites. That was a little high. It's been bet down to four. You look in the divisional markets they are about 19 to two to win the NFC North. You know, it does look like Green Bay's division again. Minnesota has been okay, you know, getting a win last week that they normally don't get. get. Um, but Detroit, I think when you can move the football and they can move the football, you're going to be hard. Um, you're going to be a hard out. And, right. you know, especially with, you know, how good Jeff Akuda is playing, how good Aiden Hutchinson and Charles Harris can be. Um, that's a team that I think is still a sleeper. And, you know, every loss that they have, but every time they cover the spread, uh, it, it adds a little bit of value uh, to their appeal here. Let's move on to week three, or sorry, week four, and and uh, a little bit of week five college football as well. Let's look at week four. Um, you know, starting with, and this will be an interesting one because I don't know if Thursday night football is really a handicap spot more than it is a injury spot. But the Dolphins plus four and a half, minus one twelve on Pinnacle. They come to Cincinnati to play uh, the Bengals here. The Bengals are one and two. They finally have. You know, the last seven games that Joe Burrow played prior to uh, this this past week, they were all decided by one score or more, one score or less. The Bengals won the first four of those. They lost the next three of them as life goes. They're laying four and a half minus 100, minus 202 on the money line, total of 46 and a half. This is really whether or not Tua Tunga Vailoa plays, right? You, because right. you have the, the first-time head coach on Thursday Night Football on the road kind of angle there that I think is increasing the spread towards Cincy. But it's really the whole can Tua play. And, and Mike McDaniel said he's you know very questionable right now. Teddy Bridgewater, a capable backup. But if Teddy Bridgewater was starting this game, uh, I, I think the Bengals at minus 202 would probably be would be a little bit of value. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think this is where, you know, like my high 
initial evaluation of Mike McDaniel almost hinders uh, my desire to play Miami because I think like unlike Brandon Staley last year, last week, uh, if there's any question about Tua's you know, capabilities to be effective and also even like kind of protect himself in the pocket, or if there's going to be any long-term slash impacts uh, on him, if he does end up playing, uh, I think Mike McDaniel is very much going to sit him down uh, at, with the, with the knowledge that they are already a three and O team. Uh, this is going to be a difficult one to win anyways, even with Tua at quarterback, and maybe they can let this one, you know, potentially slip away for the long-term benefit of the team. So I I would still maybe leave it since leaning in Cincinnati's direction. I know the spread's definitely moved up to the point where uh, you don't really want to play anything uh, at four and a half right now. Uh, but I think you know it's 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 kind of Cincinnati or bust. I think there's a lot of things that I don't really like from Cincinnati's side that are probably baked maybe too much into the market. Even the things like you know uh, you know Miami's defense being on the field for 90, 90 plus plays in the hot sun, traveling on a short week. I think that's actually maybe overstated in Cincinnati's direction, but uh, the, the Tua injury and everything else just makes me think uh, it, it, it's kind of Cincinnati or Buster on Thursday night football. Yeah. I think it's probably a layoff spot for me. Although I did, you know, at the current numbers, I think, I, I think I, you know, if you look at my bet stamp profile at Eric eager underscore, I did take some Bengals uh, at minus one eighty eight. Um, with looking at, you know, Sunday, right? Sunday at, you know, 9, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, the Minnesota Vikings go to London to face New Orleans Saints. Again, we're dealing with quarterback injuries here. Current numbers plus three. You saw it go towards the Saints, I think, a little earlier in the process. But now you see the reports that Jameis Winston is not starting um, or he's not practicing and in all likelihood right. it won't start. It's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's beaten the Vikings in recent years as a backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what do you think about this game, Ben? The total on the game, 43. The Vikings, 2-1, and one, going to face the 1-2 and two New Orleans Saints. Yeah, this one, uh, I mean, uh, the Jameis Winston injury in some ways scares me, but I'm also uh, somewhat petrified of playing you know, an, an Andy Dalton-led team against the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, it's... It's going to be a difficult spot, at, you know. Like I've said, you know, uh, you know, the London kickoff is as far away from prime time in the United States as we can possibly get for Kirk Cousins, so maybe that's a reason why you can buy into Minnesota. But uh, I, I think after their Week One performance. They haven't looked all that great offensively. Uh, it seems like Kevin O'Connell, you know, for as much as he was hyped up and talked about in the offseason, uh, we haven't seen the traits that I would have expected in their offense through the first three weeks of the season. So that's maybe another concern for me. Uh, and I just don't want to buy into Kirk Cousins either. So uh, probably another layoff game. I think if you, you know, we're shopping around for numbers on the total, if you could still find something at like, you know, 43 and a half. I know Pentacles at 43 right now. Maybe that's a spot that you can go under, but uh, that's a that's a really low total to sweat out for three hours uh, w- without very much scoring. So, so we'll see. I think this is probably a definite layoff spot for me. Do you, do you have any, uh, you know, particular handicap that you feel strongly about in this one? I actually like the saints plus three. I think, you know, we were looking at a team, Chris Olave, one of the most productive rookies going right now. Um, you also have uh, a great defense, which I know didn't, you know, basically that defense gave up well, like 12 points uh, last week. Um, against Tampa, I think they gave up just 13 points. Uh, you know, they struggle a little bit against Atlanta week one. Kirk Cousins is probably going to struggle here. And, you know, Andy Dalton, I don't think is as good of a quarterback as Jameis Winston is, but I think he's as good of a quarterback as Jameis Winston is when Jameis Winston's hurt. And, right. you know, Minnesota, Chan and Sullivan has really struggled in the slot. 
uh, both corners, you know, Peterson's played okay, but like, you know, Cameron Dance on the outside, you have, you know, Harrison Smith coming back from a concussion, but you know, there are weaknesses in that Minnesota defense. Danelle Hunter has just seven pressures so far. I would take the Saints here getting three, especially if I knew that Andy Dalton was starting because I think Andy Dalton is not that much of a downgrade from what we've seen from Jameis Winston so far here. Um, Let's move to one more game uh, on the Sunday after, like, so we go Sunday afternoon slate. Let's do one game in the Sunday afternoon slate before we go to the Sunday night slate. Let's do the Jacksonville Jaguars, the aforementioned, going to Philadelphia. Total on the game, 46 and a half. The Eagles are laying six and a half, minus 271 on the money line. Ben, what do you think about this one? Because the Jags, just came off of going to the West Coast to seven-point dogs initially. Uh, one outright, do we continue to see in this uh, Doug Peterson revenge game um, any sort of uh, play here on the Jaguars? I mean, I think it's Jaguars or nothing, right? Obviously, this number's you know, moved out, you know, uh, somewhat in their direction, I guess. I think from an opening of like plus seven, basically down to six and a half. So I don't really love them on the spread, but uh, I don't hate a sprinkle on them uh, on the money line. I do think that for as good as Jacksonville has been and is, and is hyped up at this point, uh, there's still a little bit undervalued in the betting market, like I said before. And I do think that Philadelphia, uh, for as good as they have been uh, looking like world beaters, this is also very much a good good time to try and sell them at the top. I mean, you know, th- th- this isn't going to be you know it for them if they do end up losing or not covering in this particular game. But I-, I think this is a decent letdown spot for them going back home after beating you know a, a number of having a high number of, you know, high profile type victories. So uh, I would be fading Philadelphia. And I do think that, you know, the, the, the Jaguars are the team that I'd probably want to buy into this particular matchup. Yeah. That, I mean, the Eagles are a house, but you know, and there's always going to be a letdown here. Eagles have avoided a letdown in, in all three weeks so far. So maybe this is the week here, um, you know, where Jacksonville at two and one comes in and, and maybe gives them a scare. Let's look finally to Sunday night. You know, you have Kansas city who's two and one after a loss. Uh, to the Colts, they go to Tampa Bay, uh, theoretically, although this game could be played in Minnesota, be careful, uh, read uh, your sports book, um, you know, uh, rules for whether or not if you place a bet and the game is played in a different stadium, you probably will not get honored in that bet. Um, so just be careful here. But the, the Chiefs are laying two at plus 105, minus 116 on the money line. You've seen you know, movement towards Tampa here. Total on the game, 45. It's the second lowest total in the Patrick Mahomes era here. Ben, what do you think about this game uh, coming up Sunday night, possibly in our hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, I, w- I would love to see it. I would try and maybe get to that game. I love watching, you know, our Chiefs, uh, especially if I can get them watching them in Minnesota. But yeah, I think this is, you know, another spot where the, the very obvious side is Kansas City. There might be some expectation of, uh, you know, whole, not necessarily home field advantage, but like where is this game going to end up from Tampa? base perspective but if it moves to minnesota uh, i I think we're going to see this number you know move out in kansas city's direction even further uh so i like kansas city Uh, i think they're the better team right now obviously don't have uh near as many injury type situations and i think you know after the letdown in indianapolis last week uh primetime match we're going to see the very best version of patrick holmes and they still should have probably won that game against indianapolis last weekend uh you know started off early with the punt muff uh, from Sky Moore, and we're kind of playing from behind, not overly productive overall offensively, but I do think they at least moved the ball uh, and we're kind of forced to settle for field goals against the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, I don't see Tampa Bay, you know, really capable of slowing them down. Maybe it's a little bit more of a choppy game, but uh, I, I, I think it's kind of Kansas City Chiefs. And I do think that, you know, if you buy into them now, uh, the number is only going to move in your direction, from my opinion. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then lastly, we get a big game here. The Los Angeles Rams, uh, AFC West rivals. They're getting a point. Uh, they go to San Francisco to face the Jimmy G led San Francisco 49ers who are one and two, despite the fact that they're giving up less than 10 points a game uh, on defense. Um, total on the game, 42 and a half. That's pretty low, especially given how explosive San Fran can be and how good Matt Stafford can be. But Matt Stafford right now leading the NFL in interceptions thrown by quarterbacks. Um, ben, what do you think about this game? Uh, coming up on on Monday Night Football, uh, uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on ESPN. On the call, here we go. I don't know. I I, I think, you know, Matthew Stafford has had the high interception rate. In some ways, it's reflective of his turnover-worthy play rate, but I think you maybe see, uh, you know, a, a few haven't gone his way that maybe aren't necessarily his fault. So don't want to buy into that too much. I also think they, you know, the Rams in general, maybe the least hyped Super Bowl team that we've seen basically after three weeks and they haven't done, you know, a ton, I would say to uh, warrant everyone kind of overlooking them. Of course uh, they do have the two and one record one and two against the spread. So maybe that's reason, you know, that the, the non cover against Atlanta uh, working against them a little bit too much, but I still think they are, you know, a pretty potent team. I don't buy into the San Francisco 49ers. I thought maybe they had, you know, a, a high upside case with Trey Lance at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo's, Definitely just a guy at this point in time. And I do think that the market maybe factors in or favors in Kyle Shanahan more than it should. So uh, I'm definitely on the Rams. I think they're definitely the correct spot. I also agree with you, you know, over 42, over, over 42 and a half. Uh, we should see some points. If we don't see some points, uh, we could at least see some of these quarterbacks make uh, uh, pretty poor decisions and, you know, lead to quick points uh, if they're not generating some of those explosive plays. So I think over 42 uh, is the play plus one and a half. Uh, and I would definitely be back in the Rams. I think on the money line uh, is my favorite bet. I would say right now for Monday night football, but how do you, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that Shanahan gets a little bit more credit on the petting markets than maybe he should last week. Uh, as you talked about, you got the Broncos and that game closed worse than it opened. The Broncos were favored right. early. It closed with the road San Francisco 49ers, almost a field goal favorite at the end. Um, that did not come to fruition. I do think the Niners defense is legit, but how much does defense carry you? The Niners are always a team that can succumb uh, to these you know, soft tissue injuries and, and you know, have issues that way. So they're just a team that I think has, you know, relies too much on weak link systems like defense and offensive line right. to be to be great. Uh, and so, you know, Trent Williams, for example, out, oh. you know, that that was a big blow for them Sunday night with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory really uh, got to him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, uh, when he was trying to throw. College football, right? So we got Saturday yes. games. Um, let's each pick a game here that we like. Um, I'm going to start first. Uh, I'm going to look uh, at the aforementioned team, uh, the Oregon State beavers Love the oregon state beavers are facing the utah utes here um you know this game opened at 11 and a half i'm looking for the current number right now um it is 10 and a half uh to buy you oregon state at plus 10 and a half you're gonna have to lay minus 113 total on, on the game 54 i just think that the beavers you know are going to be able to play defense well enough to stop utah cam rising has been okay tavion thomas is a great running back um but i think oregon state's gonna be able to keep this thing under the total and as such can be more likely for them to cover the spread. So I'm going to take the Utah or sorry, Oregon state Beavers to cover for the fourth consecutive week. Ben, what's your favorite? He loves it. He's rolling with it. I mean, you can't quit him now, right? I kind of like, 
uh, and I maybe like the more, um, you know, on the, on, on, on the money line where, with where the spread's currently at, but I like California, uh, beating a Washington state team that I don't think is all that good. We have them basically neutral, uh, according to PFF power ranking perspective, but, uh, Cal has the much better offense. I would say better quarterback as well uh, has the ability to kind of make some of those downfield throws uh, at Washington state, you know, three and one record, but uh, I wouldn't say they haven't beaten anybody so far. So I like Cal on the money line, you know, plus plus one fifty-five. Uh, I should get the official number from pinnacle here. Um, but I think that is, you know, probably, you know, the best bet, especially, you know, from a, uh, you know, a positive uh, number type situation that you can get a little bit of a uh, road dog uh, in California. So I like that one quite a bit um, as well. Awesome. Yeah, that that one's a good one as well. So we got some Pac-12, you know, plays in the house for Saturday that will keep uh, the West Coast folks happy as they feel a little bit left out in the college football arena here. Well, that was the NFL Insights for another week at Pinnacle Podcast, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud to follow along and keep up to date on all Pinnacle's latest news. Uh, please keep across Pinnacle.com uh, on your favorites page, uh, including Mark Taylor's Game of the Week, Pinnacle's weekly NFL predictions article, as well as Ben's, uh, you know, ultimate NFL betting guy that's on the website currently um, for Eric Eager at P- at Eric Eager underscore and Ben Brown. At PFF underscore Ben Brown. This has been the, the pinnacle NFL insight show. Thank you, and we'll tie it next week.